0: What do you want? To dedicate a podcast to you. <laughs> Gonna talk about giallo movies just for you. The only thing I'd like, I'd really like, is to meet you face to face.
1: It'll happen sooner or later, but you don't have to recognize us
0: thanks however you disappoint me duck you throw a challenge my way i almost forgot the most important part we go by creep creeperson and chris and this is chow 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 got it
1: the harbor a phone booth sitting right near pier 11 i'll get out the apb move you bastard
0: Valley swelling and bursting, spurting out money, red rain, rain of blood. Oh, why don't you let butterflies with gaily colored wings fly free in the clear sky? Flies with gaily colored wings, fly free in the clear skies. I thought, yeah, uh, more people listen to the audio than the video. So, chow chow, everybody, and welcome to Jallow Chow Chow, episode number.
1: Do I need to look it up?
0: <laughs> Tonight we're doing the short night of glass dolls. And I'm Why creep. Why
1: don't you let butterflies with gaily colored wings fly free in the clear sky?
0: I washed my face and it was blood in the sink.
1: <laughs> I got up in the morning and I washed my face. But the face and the water was blood, and I'm making up words as I strum, that don't go together. But rain then, and why blood. Why don't you let
0: rain <laughs> and blood?
1: <laughs> that um, that song is really, really bad.
0: I was don't thinking, think? wow, this song is like pretty dark lyrically, but it kept showing this fucking partridge family motherfucker like all close up and I was like I don't get it
1: (laughs) oh man yeah I didn't I didn't get it either I I, I'm looking at Jallo Chow Chow Network and I can't find as of readiness we are 60 episodes in on what has been a weekly pod bi-weekly podcast (laughs) Where? where are the podcasts
0: are they not showing up on the front page? I think I need to do... This is like the worst intro of a podcast we've ever done. But I I really think I need to just redo the site.
1: Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Okay, so the last one we did, which was quite a while ago... Hi, everybody. It's Chris. Uh, the last one we did was uh, number 62. The Blood Sucker Leads the Dance. And... Uh, as an aside, I was happy to report that our, uh, the website that we all know and love and shall remain nameless that we talked about last time is back up and Thank running again. Thank fucking
0: god, dude!
1: And I, and I managed to find. Talk the, about the
0: most boring fucking two weeks of my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I managed to find the uh, porno copy of Bloodsucker Leads the Dance, although I haven't. Really,
0: was it on that site?
1: It was on that site, yeah. They had they okay.
0: Then yeah. I'm going to um, cancel something that I've been doing right now. All right, done. That worked out yeah. well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, this is number uh, episode 63, and it has been quite a while. Would you say it's been uh, like <sighs> six weeks, maybe?
0: Really? I was gonna ask you, did you want to. Are you okay doing once a month, or did you want to go biweekly?
1: Um, that's up to you. I mean, I think we were doing once a month simply because you had like two or three other podcasts happening.
0: September twenty seventh was the last time we. Oh, well, that's the time the show went up. Oh yeah, so it was way before that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm okay, I'm
1: okay with monthly as long as you, as long as our uh listenership doesn't mind waiting that long but uh, yeah it's only because I've got so much other stuff going on yeah I hear
0: that dude okay cool and I, I just, think you know, I the know, know point that, point that people we... have been getting a little antsy
1: oh yeah they're definitely getting antsy but I think the point that you had made a couple episodes ago was that um, you know we we've hit a, we, we've done a lot of films and um, we're gonna start to slow down a little bit with the number of films that are available to us um that are left in the in the filmography as it were you know what
0: so- i keep thinking that but then the more i look into stuff i keep finding these like really weird off the wall ones yeah and there are a ton of them you know it's just like the golden period i think is where we're going to start running low
1: yeah yeah and i think that um you know, maybe one of the cool things we could do is that you know if we can identify how many more in like the the golden period are left for us to cover that we haven't covered yet, we could try and space them out, and then intersperse.
0: That would be one, a great idea.
1: Proto Jalo, we can throw in, and then and then eighties Jalo, and then you know some of the stuff that has come, um, you know, you know may, maybe American influenced films, um, you know, so that way, you know, because if we do if we do 10 more episodes and each one is a film from 1973 then or 71 then eventually we're going to run out quickly i think yeah
0: what the hell is that
1: this is my uh it's like a stainless steel oh drinking thing
0: uh, i thought you were getting some like fancy hardcore fucking shit from the brewery
1: no, it does look like it, um, I should put beer in there, it's uh, it for, for, the, for the people at home, uh, we don't have video uh, feed anymore, so you guys have no idea what we're talking about. Um,
0: but, but tonight uh, we're wearing tuxedos.
1: <laughs> but only pants.
0: Yeah, tuxedo. just tuxedo pants and bow ties.
1: So what's been going on with you?
0: uh i've been wearing my cummerbund around my nipples
1: nice
0: that's been happening um nothing i've just been doing a lot of music stuff so i did a little tour and um got to see eric that was kind of fun um Excellent. it's always al- uh, it's always good seeing him good old eric eric is fantastic i was also just on his wrestling show his wrestling podcast and I right. totally uh, burned that podcast to the ground with my language, so <laughs> um, I apologized to them profusely afterwards. But um, no, nothing. I, I mean, everything's been kind of just jamming. I don't know. Just
1: you don't have to apologize here. That's for sure. You can say whatever you want. So
0: yay! Bye. In that case, I'm voting for law. <laughs> <laughs> God, I cannot wait till this fucking election's over, dude. Oh, my
1: God. The, <sighs> joke, the joke of, uh, hey, is your refrigerator running? Yes, I might vote for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Pretty bad. Well, here's but, something uh, that's just a yeah. little crazy, If depending on what you think. I drove through 11 states a couple weeks back. And it was all basically Midwest. Mm-hmm. The whole time I was gone, I saw one Hillary Clinton like, poster, like those signs that people put up. Right. And then I saw probably about a million Trump ones. <laughs> and living in California, like you don't get that. Right. You know, it's like... If you have a Trump thing in your yard, someone's going to burn your house down, probably. <laughs> so, like, the fact that all I saw was Trump supporters for, like, a week straight, that was, like, insane. But That uh, is insane. And, and I'm not know, taking I, sides. I'm just saying, like, according to Facebook, right. Hillary won the election nine years ago. You yeah, know? Exactly. So, to you see, know, like, yeah, so to see that, like this giant chunk of America is like fully backing Trump is like, I just wasn't expecting that.
1: Right. Well, you know, it is interesting because I live near a major metro area um, of Philadelphia, but um, it doesn't, you don't have to go too far uh, outside of the city to get to a place where you look like you're in the, you're, you're, you've gotten way out of the city. And uh, where I live, um, there's – I wouldn't say there's a ton of Trump signs, but there's a decent amount. But there is no – like I don't see any Hillary signs in my area either. Now, um, Philadelphia is definitely considered to be a very liberal, a democratic city. And Pennsylvania has been known to vote Democratic in most of the um, presidential elections. And, you know, we're – you know, East Coast is kind of the same as West Coast with the, um, the tolerance – that most people have for Donald Trump supporters, but um, there's a lot of Trump supporters around here. And I think the opposite is true in in my neighborhood where we don't see any Hillary signs. And I think it's because people are scared to put them up um, because of whatever kind of backlash they might get um, from the people that are supporting Trump. But I mean, the
0: only um, Hillary sign I saw was in Southern Utah or it might've been in Nevada. And then, other than that, like I didn't see one Hillary sign the whole time I was gone, so that was just like,
1: yeah. I I I also I often wonder if um, the people who are voting who are not voting for Trump um, either aren't the kind of people that put signs on their lawn in the first place, or don't really want to say. Or promote the fact that they're voting for Hillary, but they're just...
0: I think the people that aren't voting for Trump are the people who are on Facebook and Twitter 24 hours a fucking day. (laughs) So basically 20 to 35, I guess. I don't know.
1: They don't have time to put signs up.
0: (laughs) Or they don't own a house to put a sign up in front of. Right. That was a horrible thing to say. I wasn't trying to be a dick there.
1: Nah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Grab, grab him by the pussy. Who cares?
0: Right? Oh, that's what um, I'm talking about.
1: Seriously, though, it, this has been the most surreal kind of political um, season that I've ever been alive to see. So
0: It's been awful.
1: It's really, really, really strange and odd and, and cringeworthy and... Um, Alec baldwin's uh, impression of Trump is fantastic, so that's all I have to say.
0: yeah, well, sweet, so speaking of the poor man's Donald Trump, tonight we're going to be looking at the poor man's Franco Nero and Jean Sorel
1: Jean Sorel and I think um, what I wanted to do
0: let's do it you,
1: if you would um, if you would humor me for a few minutes is we had a, a nice lengthy post on our uh, on our Facebook group from Sanders.
0: Oh, post. Uh, Sorry. And, um, Go ahead. Yeah. Th- what did I say? No, you said post, but I, you kind of cut out when you said post, so I heard we had this long, lengthy. Oh, oh. And I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> lengthy. Did I say girthy, too? I didn't say girthy.
0: Did no, I? but if, if, if Sanders wrote it, it's definitely girthy.
1: It is, though. It's, like, wide.
0: Yeah. Wide
1: post. Anyway, so Sanders says... It's like a uh, tuna can. Uh, the elephant in the proverbial giallo room now. When are we going to get to Francesca? Is it Francesca?
0: I always said Francesca just because I stop reading after I see the F-A-R. Or the <laughs> F-R-A. Just because it's I get Francesca. bored. Yeah. Because
1: C-E is like a C-H. So... Um, Sanders wants to know when are we getting to Francesca? It's out at the end of September. This must be, this must, must in all caps, must be dealt with. I am a huge mark on this film. I loved Onetti's first film too, but that probably shouldn't be reviewed unless you combo it with Francesca. But Francesca is over the top crazy. Can this happen next?
0: What was his it, first one?
1: His first one, I have to, I have to. In, the, in in the in the interest of full disclosure the first one i couldn't get through it was awful um, what's it called it was called something about something about sleep or profundo. it had the word profundo. oh
0: sonno profondo sonno one or whatever yes. yeah, yeah 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 i know which one you're talking about
1: now i watched that um, because i watched the trailer and i'm like This is the most stylized Neo Giallo I've ever seen, at least for a trailer. And I started watching it and it put me to sleep because there was, I mean, I think, I think I watched maybe 25 minutes or so and there was nothing like to the movie. It was just, you know, one set piece after the next, but not really like action set pieces, but just, you know, um, fetish. You know fetishistic imagery, yeah, of the jalo. Just you know, macro close-ups of different things, and then the glove, and the knife, and you know the different colors, and the doors, and and, and I this is this is enough. I'm take it anymore. But anyway, um, so Francesca, um, I guess the real question uh, or the real answer to when are we getting to it would be when can we get a copy of it? I guess because. Um, you know it's been released in several different um I guess iterations and different distributors. Um, I think they said they were working on an English language version. Is that true or is it just an English subtitles version? I have I no idea. I really don't know. I have to look that up
0: but like if, as soon as we get it i mean i'm I mean I want to do that I want to do Amir I want to do um, that shitty barbarian sound studio movie. Just so I could talk shit on it. Um, for those of you who love that movie, I apologize. But <laughs> I thought that movie was horrendous. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have said any of those things.
1: I heard that it was good and, and also heard it was bad. So, But yeah, those are all the... I mean, the only... Did we do... I think we only did we only do one of those neo jalos we did we did strange, strange Col-
0: tears or strange color yeah of your body's tears, which I loved by the way, if you haven't heard that episode yet.
1: yeah, I liked it too. It was different, but it was it was good after a couple of viewings you know the first the first time through that when you're I was just like, I don't even understand what the fuck's going on, but then um once you get past how much emphasis they put in the style of it, you can see kind of what they're trying to do with the story. And it
0: wasn't necessarily a style over substance either. Like there is a story there that has twists and the ending leaves you thinking. So yeah, but yeah, that's just that one. Absolutely.
1: So let's, uh, I mean, let's put that on on the top of our priority list. See if we can get copy of it from somewhere well let's else.
0: try to do that thing you were talking about with splitting up whatever's left and from 70 to 75 okay and then sprinkle that shit in because there are i mean there's a ton of movies in the 60s that i want to do and there's a ton not a ton but like the more modern day stuff i would like to do just as a um uh uh accent piece, but uh, sure. I will say this too. The other day, um, I think I posted something and nobody caught it. But um, I watched um, Case of the Bloody Iris again, just yeah, because I was sitting around and didn't have anything to do or whatever. And that movie is so much fun. Like oh my God. I know it, I like we've sung its praises before and stuff, but it is just. So much fun. The Marilyn character and it's probably the dubbing, but it's she's just the most over-the-top fucking <laughs> character ever. And the shit she says, it's just oh, it's just it's such a good movie. Like I <laughs> and um that's where I get bummed out when um because you know how you used to say not every movie could be strip nude for your killer. It's like that same kind of thing you know like when (laughs) i watch other things and it's not that and i'm like oh man but there it's just it's so it's so cookie cutter because there are so many movies that have like the exact same sub characters the same plot pacing and the whole fucking thing yep um that it's just it's amazing that there aren't more movies like that but anyway
1: I know, but that's like that's like the go-to one if you just if you wanna if you want a uh, uh, guaranteed entertainment, you know that's the one you go to. And if um, you know if you've got somebody who really wants to get a sense of what the movement was like at that time, because really, I mean, you know, when people say, right, "Give me a, 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 an example of a jalo that I can watch," because I've never seen any. You know, a lot of people think about, you know, Bird and uh, Blood and Black Lace Tenebrae. and Tenebrae and Solange, maybe. But um, it's important for most of the people who want to understand about Giallo to watch that one because it embodies what was going on in the filmmaking culture at that time. I so feel like
0: it has everything it has everything that like you would ever because like it my go-to used to be either strip nude bay of blood or um five dolls like those were the ones that i would always just like have on and um that's why it was so weird that i because out of all of them like i've seen those ones obviously a gajillion times and i've seen um case of bloody iris a ton of times too but i don't even know if i've watched it i may have watched it one time since we did that episode so so it's been like maybe two years since i'd seen it and it was just oh it's so good like i just but um but i got
1: like you're right it's got everything it's got you know it's got uh george hilton and ed weech and it's got um you know uh a great soundtrack and it's got the urban landscape and it's got you know the the really good um you know tense sequences with the stalking and the slashing and uh, you and know, it's the, got
0: like he- the fake um like it's funny because the red herring in that movie is a red herring but at the same time like he's wearing the killer's clothes. He's like breaking into people's fucking
1: houses.
0: (laughs) So it's like the most like out of control red herring ever, but I don't know. It's just, it's so good, dude. And the red herring guy looks so much like Jon Stewart. I was like, that looks like Jon Stewart. Like how the fuck if like Jon Stewart had been badly burned, I don't know. It's just, (laughs) it's such a fun movie. I love it. And I can't remember the line. I think I put, um, Something like, I'm going to the movies... I'm going to take in a movie with whatever his name is. He's such a ball buster. And then she like rolls her eyes and smiles, and then the scene cuts. It's like, (laughs) there's so many ridiculous lines like that. Oh, Oh, she's so great. And it has Edwidge's... My favorite Edwidge outfit, the black suit (laughs) with the giant orange tie.
1: Oh, I thought you meant the non... Outfit, outfit, which is just the body paint.
0: Oh, that's that ranks up there, too, dude. For <laughs> reals. Yeah,
1: that's oh. a great one, too, because there's a scene where I think, like, isn't there a scene where she's she's running around with just the skirt and the bra on? Yeah. Her? Yeah, that's great. And then she
0: <laughs> runs into the lesbian's apartment, and yep. she's like, this guy attacked me. And she's like, "What she says, she's like, she said something like, well... You run around like that. I don't blame them or yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like no,
1: that. <laughs> totally like misogynistic, but by it by left, So it's fine.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, you deserve getting stuck by a killer the way you're dressed. Yeah.
0: And then uh, it has that up, same 1970s, fucking whatever. club. I can't remember what other movie we saw that had that club in it where um, the black chick Uh-oh. was wrestling dudes. But yeah, it wasn't they that long that. ago.
1: I used that for something else, but I can't remember. I fucking
0: right. love that club, dude. But um, yeah. that reminds me of the movie we're doing tonight. Do you know what movie that song's from? The Which pl- one? The song that plays every like three seconds. Like, la, 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 um, la. No, I didn't. Do you? God, it's driving me crazy. I have it on a soundtrack of one blum, of.
1: Blum, 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 hmm. blum, blum, blum. But that's, you know, like, Ineo Morricone did the soundtrack for yeah. short, short Night, right? So yeah. you think this is recycled? And it oh, it recycled? is.
0: It definitely is. I oh. just, I can't remember. Like, I don't know if it's, I want to say maybe Black Scorpion or Black Belly of the Tarantula. God, what the fuck am I talking about?
1: Black Scorpion of the Tarantula's eyes.
0: Of the two tails of the squid man.
1: Darkened room on velvet.
0: Oh, uh, did you see, by the way, the um, new artwork for the... I guess it's a steel box of Four Flies, the German release? Yes. <laughs> that looks great, dude. I,
1: I I think the artwork looks great, but I'm looking at it going, what is it, and how does it pertain to the movie at all? It's a, it's a girl with long, either dark red or black hair, holding a knife, and...
0: And aren't there, like, fly eyes on the top? Like,
1: and there's, there's no girl in the movie with long black hair who holds a knife. Like, there was no knife killings in that movie.
0: Then yeah. But it's a nice-looking cover.
1: Yeah, it looks great. They <laughs> I mean, did that with Solange, too. I think they did a, a redo. And there's a, I think they've done a bunch of, like, Argento ones where oh. they where they redraw the... Like
0: well, you the, know the... Those Arrow DVDs, like they'll have like the original artwork and then you could flip the box around or something right. and it has the new artwork. I love those, dude. And I know some people fucking hate them, but I think there was a... Oh no, the Bird with the Crystal Plumage one. I fucking loved that one. The um, artwork they did on that. I thought it was great.
1: I um, have not seen that one. I have to go check it look. But anyway, getting back to uh, Mr. Sanders here... um, Oh,
0: sorry. Fucking rabbit trail. No, it's fine. Too much
1: coffee. Um, uh, It basically goes on to say that um, he doesn't consider Francesca to be a Neo-Jalo. There are many modern Jali, but this one is quite different. Um, He's also um, suggesting... As we have kind of talked about several times, um, doing a Jalo comparison with um, Brian De Palma's Dressed to Kill.
0: Ooh, I would love that, dude.
1: So I think that would be a great. Fuck yeah. Well,
0: um,
1: but we really appreciate Sanders. He's, he's passionate. He said, obviously, I'm passionate about the show. I really want to hear from you guys on these. I can tell myself I know all or listen to the to other posters, but we are here for you. I want to hear this out of your facts especially after wrestling ppv and bats invading backyards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well you don't you're not in a, are you in a, a position where the bats are are can come or
0: well we put this like cobwebby shit up for halloween and ever since we did that the bats don't fly on this side of the house. Which is probably good, because the last thing I fucking need is a bat flying by, getting caught in a giant fucking fake web right next to my fucking head, giving me a fucking heart attack. But,
1: um... Maybe you'd catch them.
0: I want to help them. (laughs) I do want to catch one, but, like, I, I don't know what it would do to me. I don't know, I don't even know how to, like, care for a captured bat. Right but I'm sure there's a YouTube video on it.
1: If but. you watch any Lucio Fulci films, you just stab it. With something.
0: <laughs> Fuck. If I watch any more Lucio Fulci films, I know what to do with my fucking dogs. They're driving me fucking crazy.
1: Oh man. That's not, that's not
0: good. <laughs> no, but anyhow, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, our, well, I, I think
1: that maybe, you know, what we need to do is put a little project together. Um, during the, the downtime between podcasts, and just make a big list and start uh, knocking them off. Yep. But uh, this one here, uh, Short Night of Glass Dolls, is um, it's pretty unique. It's a pretty unique film. It's a classic, but it's way different than films in the in its in its category or you know it, from the same time period. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting one.
0: But if you are familiar with a lot of the Jean Sorel, um, <sighs> Jally that like he did with Lindsay, um, a lot of this movie will feel like a normal proto Jalo kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. because it's, it's not the big body count movie. It's not the black love. How, what did this get? On, oh, the on the score, score. yeah.
1: Um, you know, the interesting thing is, I had scored this one a long time ago, and when I watched it again, I wondered whether I had missed a few things. But um, let's look it up. 61.
0: Yeah. So That seems about me, right.
1: Let's go well, you know what we can do? We can come back to it after we talk about it for a little okay. while. And go through what I... You know what? I scored it back um, when I did that, which was ages ago. Let's see. Short Night of Glass Dolls. Um, Yeah, we'll get back to it in a second. But um, so I think I suggested this one, so I'll give it a quick intro. Yeah. So what we what we have here is a film uh, directed by uh,
0: Aldo know, Lado.
1: Aldo Lado, and Aldo Lado went on to um, direct Who Saw Her Die, uh, a year later, which is, by all accounts, a very classic giallo in, in all regards. Did I say, in all accounts and in all of regards. That's about I'm right. Of, I'm repeating myself. Um, the classic slasher, but you know, I think that Hussar Die. Um, it's kind of it. It's it separates itself from the rest of the pack because it's not really um, there isn't any kind of like tongue and cheek aspect to Hussar Die. It's very straightforward and serious. And you know, a little girl gets killed, and there really is no humor in that, and there's no it's not a party film. You know, a lot of these jollies no. that came out at this time were, were for, you know, f- for the for the working class who came out to movie theaters um, to hang out with their friends and drink and watch a film that every once in a while would do something interesting like show a murder or show some naked boobs or whatever. But this one is not like that. So, um, and, and Short Night of Glass Dolls, um, is not like that either. That's not really a party film, but it's it's definitely less um, morbid and and uh, I don't know what the right word is. Who saw or die is kind of like just a It's just a little creepy because of its um...
0: subject matter.
1: Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, but Short Night of Glass Dolls was a year before, and um, it stars Jean Sorel and Barbara Bach. Um, who I think is like a James Bond girl, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so I don't know exactly where to start, but basically, we um, the movie is very unique in its in its story way of storytelling because we have the body of this um, reporter whose name is Greg Moore gets found in um, a park. And um it's taken to the morgue he's taken to the morgue, but now we get this voiceover from Greg saying, "Hey, I'm not dead. What's going on here?" Um, and so the film is basically cut back and forth between Greg in this catatonic state where he can't make a move, he can't even blink his eyes. and I think uh, Sorel did a great job of looking like a corpse, yeah this film like he didn't move a muscle i don't know how many takes they did or maybe they just used the same picture of him over and over again so they wouldn't have to worry about it but um he uh i think he did a great job so basically he he's he wakes up in this environment and tries to figure out what happened to him and the movie is told from a series of flashbacks so um we start at the very beginning of the film, um, at the beginning of the story, at the beginning of the narrative, as, as as well as the beginning of the film with the first flashback. and And, and Greg is a reporter from America. He's living in Prague, uh, and he's like a reporter who's reporting on the politics and that sort of thing. And I think we're talking about you know, and we get into this later in the film. There's a lot of this subtext, but I think we're talking about, I guess the You know, the communist era of Prague, which is the Czech Republic. But I think um,
0: it was Czechoslovakia.
1: I was going to say it wasn't the Czech Republic back when this was actually filmed. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of communist stuff going on and there were all of these, you know, these um, younger generation were, you know, kind of latching onto the whole hippie thing. And the freedom thing, and I think there was a, a clash of cultures going on at that time. And this film is really kind of using that as its subtext, as it, as a way of uh, making some political statements. But we'll get to that towards the end. But um, basically, it's a pretty um, it's a pretty simple narrative. Um, Greg Moore, um, and is waiting for his girlfriend Mira. Uh, to meet him, and she finally comes in, and they have this love affair, and they have these great giant panoramic shots of Prague, and it's filmed really well. Um, And at one point, um, Greg and Mira go out to this party um, where they meet a whole bunch of really wealthy and well-connected people, Um, and, you know, Greg is basically showing off Mira, because she's gorgeous, and Everybody wants to talk to her, and meanwhile, uh, this other girl who worked with Greg, who's also a reporter, is trying to like win him back because they probably had some sort of um past romantic history. But now that Greg is with the younger uh, Mira, he doesn't want anything to do with this um, this other girl I well if she
0: again. if she dropped her fucking stupid headdresses, he probably would look away yeah, she- way more.
1: She made herself look older on purpose. Yeah,
0: Her name's Jessica, I think, in the movie. Jessica, okay. I think, yeah.
1: So um, they come back from this party, and Greg gets a call from his partner that he works with about some informant who was going to meet him somewhere about a story, and Greg goes out to meet this guy, and there's nobody there. When he comes back, Mira is gone, and um, she didn't take anything with her. She left her clothes behind, She left her passport behind. Um, And so Greg is obviously, you know, distraught. It's his girlfriend. He loves her. Plus she's missing and he's a reporter. Um, And the police really aren't helping because they don't like him. You know, he's a reporter. He's threatening, you know, the current culture. He's an American. Um, So, you know, Greg is, it's up to Greg to kind of figure out what's going on. So he just follows some clues. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of misdirection, uh, in different, different places, but eventually he, um, traces the clues to this exclusive club, this club 99, um, where I think, you know, on the front or like on the surface, they're kind of like a, a club where they sit and listen to people play music. I think, I don't know if they do other things, um. Uh, a lot of, you'll you'll see when when Greg uh, goes there for the first time to check it out, you you'll notice some of the people there that were at the party, and um, so you know now at this point again, Greg is going back and forth with these flashbacks the, the, throughout the whole movie where he goes back to being this um, paralyzed body. And the doctors come in, and the one guy who's a doctor is actually a friend of his. And there's this weird thing about how his body temperature never went down. And we need to figure out how to get him um, – maybe we could try to reanimate him. And they have so many like interesting-looking devices that they use for these medical – Oh, man,
0: the lab areas are amazing.
1: Yeah, and I don't even know if those – instruments were real, like if they, you know, if they're really used for medical purposes or what, like these things that spin and, you know, the black oxygen balloon thing that blows up and stuff. Um, But eventually uh, the doctors give up on Greg. Uh, They don't know why he's still exhibiting these signs of life when he really has no vital signs at all. Um, so they basically determine that they're going to do an autopsy on him, but they're going to do the autopsy in front of a whole group of people who are in like a class. And the doctor is going to use this as an example um, to, to show his students one particular technique or procedure that's important, I guess. Um, so then the last couple of scenes, we start getting... To, to get this situation where we're not really sure if the narrator is reliable anymore uh, because Greg starts to kind of lose his mind a little bit and then we have that scene where Greg goes out and um, that this guy uh, I wish, oh his name is Jürgen Drews he is the guy playing the guitar in the uh, town square singing about the butterflies Oh.
0: Awful. Um, so yeah. was he a legit, like, singer?
1: Yep. He was a prominent German schlager singer. Whatever a schlager singer is. Our European friends will fill us in. Um, he's still alive. He's 71 years old.
0: slogging away.
1: He's slogging away. He's still out there singing. So apparently he's a big deal in Germany. Um, So it's a weird scene, right? So... Greg is out there and he's listening to this guy talk about the butterflies and singing about the blood and washing his face. And he sits on the edge of this bridge and this other guy comes and like just flips him <laughs> over off of the, the bridge and, and into, the, into the river or the canal or whatever. And I, you know, I don't think it was for the purposes of killing him because there was no way that him falling like 25 feet into water was going to kill him but it clearly like screwed him up and the police uh come back in and, and at this point there's all kinds of weird stuff happening i i don't know if i really totally followed it at this point that or whether the cops were in on it or not um at the end we can, we can we could talk more about yeah. the film in general before we get to the end scenes which this film has the most squirm-inducing Finals, one of the most fi- final scenes of a film of a jalo, while, <clears throat> um, but what what did you what were your initial impressions?
0: Well, of the, first of the- off, the fact that there's a legless dude on a skateboard thirty seconds into the movie is yeah. fantastic. So I was on board right from that point. <laughs> um, but the whole thing, like where he is being the amateur detective through his own flashbacks trying to figure out what the hell happened while his body is catatonic and he's laying on a slab in a morgue um, is probably the most interesting way I've ever seen that done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- Very original.
0: Super original. It's, it is... Um, it's not the most fast paced, uh, film out there. And a lot of the, um, clues he goes out to get, um, don't really, at the end of the day, don't really seem like clues of anything. I mean, the only thing that, um, really hit was club 99 and he didn't even get there until an hour into the movie. So, um, it's, I don't want to say wild goose chases, but like the first hour, I think, is just showing how in this Cold War era place, no one wants to help him. Right. And instead of like being like, okay, you know, I'll try to figure out something else, he's always like, I'm not afraid. I'm American. I have a mustache. <laughs> like I could do anything, and like that it wasn't getting old, but it was just like like this guy's the most optimistic fucking dude in the world, you know, like yeah. he just hits like closed door after closed door <clears throat> um, I don't know if it was the film stock necessarily or if it was just Prague in general, but um, and it might have been Prague, but um, it was just so drab, like yeah. It is the most like washed out earth tone looking place. Like all the buildings, like the streets, everything. It just everything is so drab. But with um Jean Sorel's character and like in every other movie he's in, he's got a bitchin fucking car. And I almost feel like <clears throat> his car was like a extension of him being an American and being different and right. being like his own individual person that he could have like this bitching little sports car. yep. Um, but so that was like a neat little touch and there were like little touches like that, um, that were definitely thought out. And I think the fact that his car was like a, Sparkly blue, you know, like was to just be a huge contrast against just this fucking mauve-looking world, you yeah, know. Yeah, totally. So that was nice. He had a couple nice jackets. He was yeah, he, he's he was running a, and he I was running a I little mean, heavy in the turtleneck department, but
1: yeah. Well, I I think and I think the mustache did like worked well on him it just kind of it made him look different
0: um, totally not,
1: not bad like, he, looked he looked like
0: looked- Franco Nero like I'm like oh my god he could have been like Franco Nero yeah. like he could have been like uh what's that dude's name that was supposed to be the next Franco Nero that looked nothing like him but the producers thought he did I don't know some blonde guy but anyway yeah um, no I was just he was in all those Polizio movies, like his name starts with an M, but it's escaping me. But um I was just I was shocked. I was just like it like felt like I was watching the fifth chord at times. You know, he looks so much like him. Um but I don't know um how much the him being a reporter And his friends being reporters really helped anything because I don't know exactly how things work, but I'm, I was under the impression that like in communist countries, the media is kind of ran by the government. Right. So I don't know how the fuck he could have even gotten a fucking job in a communist country.
1: Like newspaper, maybe some sort of underground newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was, that was up and coming and trying its best to, you know, get get a foothold. But they were, you know, operating um, despite, you know, the fact that the government was didn't approve, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, we did that other movie, um, The Washing Machine, which took place in somewhere in the Ukraine or something, I think. I can't remember exactly where it took place. Um, but it was the same idea. I mean, clearly it had nineties um it had a nineties look to it as far as the way it was photographed. But it was the same idea, like this very drab um landscape. Yeah. And the la- the the landscape was drab on purpose to kind of influence or just emphasize, you know, what what the politics that were going on in that in that time in that area of the world. Do you
0: remember the clock tower? in this with in, the in um, short night with the scary ass gargoyles and the weird like marionette looking people like
1: yeah I think so that was
0: terrifying like yeah. I was like right there I'm like okay this is like a really scary place like this is terrifying like
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's just, it, the whole idea that you know the, the ruling class was very oppressive um, you know, the police and just everybody that was older. And as you find out when you get to the end, you know, these people that were in power um, were really running the show. Um, but, uh, well, you know.
0: Well, here's, here's a question I have um, that maybe you could help me with. As the movie goes, she's missing. He can't find her anywhere. But then there's this really amazing scene and shot of her in his refrigerator. Right. And she drops a gun and then he takes off running. Did that happen or was that like a hallucination? Like what well, the fuck at, was at, that? At
1: one point he, it looked like he was going to shoot himself and kill himself yeah. with the gun. Right. And then somebody came to his house I don't know if it was they the cops. took Mira. Yeah. if they took Mira and stuck her in the fridge.
0: Um, well, she was at Club Ninety Nine, like all she was. under the.
1: And she wasn't dead, but she was dead in the refrigerator, and she was also looking dead when we saw her in the one room with all the flowers on top of
0: her. Yeah. Room.
1: But um, in the last scene, there was. I couldn't really. I couldn't really make out the specifics of all the things that the one guy said, you know, the, the guy that, you know, was basically a friend, the, the guy who, who came and took Greg home from the police station after he fell in the canal, Yeah, that guy who's, who runs the club, he comes out in the, ma- in the end scene and starts saying things like starting to explain a few things. And I didn't hear all of it, or I, I couldn't understand all of it. And I, I thought he said something like, that's not her anymore. She's dead or Something. So I don't know if they were using that same um, the the same process by which they can make people appear to be dead but not really, and then they come back to life eventually once the effect wears off. Um, or or whether her showing up in the in the refrigerator was a hallucination, like you said, it could have been. Well, there were a lot of. Wild- She was somewhere else completely at the same time. There
0: were a lot of scenes that I don't know if they were done like this for budgetary reasons or whatever. But like when he's climbing down the ladder, all you see is like black all around him. And he's coming down a ladder. Right. And like when he's at the police station all wet, it's all black there too. And there's just a light shining. So it almost looks like you're at a theater watching like a play. Right. Or something like that. And I don't know if that stuff was happening to show that he was in a hallucination or if it was like a, hey, we don't have the budget to get a police station, so this is what we have. <laughs> and we don't know where to get a ladder, so right. this is what we have. That's so that bit was confusing for me because I didn't know if it was artistic or like necessity.
1: Well, and the funny thing is that there was a there was a one the one section in that scene where the cop was talking about how we know it was you because you guys are on drugs. We found these morphine syringes yeah. and, you know, um, like clearly that wasn't the case. Right. I mean, we yeah. didn't see him do any drugs. So whether the cop was Planting. in on it and they had planted that stuff on him. You know, and or maybe the cop wasn't in on it the same way that the club ninety ers were in on it, but um he clearly the, the cop clearly saw Greg as, you know, um a problem, like uh, some some opposition, you know, something that, you know, he need, needed to be dealt with. So he was basically trying to frame him so that he yeah. could stop. Well, you know, I
0: figured that it problem. was like they planted it or maybe the people at the club planted it. And the cops found it there, but right. the cops seem just as much like the um, evil communists as um, the Club 99 guys. Now, when you were talking about that bit where, like, they were talking at the end, like inside the club, right. and they were like all in black, so all you saw was their face coming into the light talking. Yep. Like I heard him say something like, like we need young people because we're getting old and the young people have to submit to us. And I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about, but that was like <laughs> the big plot drop and like right. why everything was happening. And I didn't really understand it. And then it was like showing all these other faces and they sometimes their mouth would move and no words would come out. Yes. So I was like what the fuck is happening? Like you can't pull the sound out when they're trying to explain what their fucking reason for doing this is.
1: Well, well I don't know if part of that was them. Like I got the impression that the, some of those people were just mouthing some sort of incantation because I mean, okay. you know, there there was some black magic going on in this whole thing. So it wasn't just, you know, two, you know, Different social classes that were at odds with each other. There was some, there was some supernatural shit going on um, that wasn't really explained. But we can explain. You know, we can we can pretty much ruin the the ending. Um, and, and it really isn't the same kind of spoiler ruin the ending as you normally do in a Jalo, because basically we know what happened to Mira. Um, she shows up dead, or at least looking dead. In the Club 99's place, and then she shows up again in the in the fridge. But then she shows up again in that last scene, where um, Greg goes back to Club 99 again, and there's this crazy geriatric orgy
0: going so on. So much naked old people, dude.
1: And it was it, it is one of the most uh, disturbing and yet interesting uh, scenes in any of the Jalo or Jolly that I've seen because it reminded me a little bit of all the colors of the dark with Edwidge and that whole satanic thing that she was doing. Yeah. Um, but this one was more like,
0: it was very like wicker man meets eyes wide shut, but not enough of eyes wide shut to make it that super sleazy.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't sexy at all. It was kind of just kind of gross. For the most part, it was yeah. like, you know, it's all, all everybody's like writhing around and wiggling on the floor. And and some of them were like having sex with each other. But some of the other ones were just kind of like, blah, 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 like with no clothes on. And so then we see, you know, we see these it's like this strange um, scene, uh, you know, and they, they keep they keep showing these uh, these these symbolic things like this glass chandelier that's always above um Greg's head as a symbol of something that we're going to see eventually at the end of the film and that's you see that in I guess in this in this room but it's a big room and there's an altar in the middle of it and it looks like Mira is on this altar and she's I don't know what she's doing I don't know if she's being serviced I don't know if she's having sex with somebody or if she's just being sacrificed or it was hard to uh make out what was yeah. what was happening but um somehow uh Greg just gets in to this thing and they don't really pay any attention to him because they're in the middle of this orgy or this or this um this the ceremony, right? And then eventually um the guy who we keep seeing is the main guy comes out and starts to explain things and says, you know, we need her because she's young and we are in charge and we are the people who um have control over everything that happens in this, in this town or in this city. Um, and we continue to survive and thrive by sucking the, the freedom, not even just the, like the, the thing that I found interesting was they didn't really emphasize as much the youth of Mira, but so much more of the attitude of where she came from. Like she's, she's young and because she's young, she has this freedom, this thing that she wants you know, this idea that she wants to be free and not and not conform to the ruling communist class. And because of that, she needs to be sacrificed and then the, her power uh will be um you know, kind of sucked into the group and they'll continue to uh thrive and, and survive, right? I think that's how he was explaining it. Yeah. Um, is that your yeah, guess that is as accurate. good as mine, dude. Yeah um and it's it's a very interesting you know idea that you know you know they were doing this thing with the butterflies and the freedom and the hippies and this time of uh of in history and the ruling class and um there were a few other films that we've done where there was um you know a a kind of commentary about um you know, the the ruling class, the the, the bourgeois versus the, uh, the, the, the hippie kids. I think that one, that one, that one, uh, Lindsay film where the two kids, were doing all the you know the the homemade porn, and then they end up at that one house with this woman, um, and they, and then she's she. If, I don't know if you remember that one. It was it was one of the Lindsay ones that we did. It was the same thing, like the, the 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 contra, the, the, the subtext of the the, the one class um rebelling against the other class and the and the older people that were on their way out and their and their ideas are are kind of antiquated and and them trying to kind of hang on to um the power that they still have, but that was kind of what what it was all about and um so basically at the end of this whole thing, the guy says um you know, you're, you're going to wake up, um, they're going to find your body in a park, um, and you're going to wake up, but um, you won't be able to talk, um, and you will be buried alive, and eventually you'll go crazy because um, by, the, by then you will have gone crazy or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, and then the scene ends, but like you were saying, there's more people and more faces coming in. And they're saying things, but you can't hear their voices, and it's, it's just all very strange. But it's like the last scene, and the people um, in that scene really were just—they didn't look human. They looked more alien than anything else. But they were just, you know, uh, I think they did a, I, I, I liked the scene a lot. I think it was really well done. It's just like, it was well—it was successful because it like creeped me out. Yeah. And it, it, and it was kind of it was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, eventually we get to the end and we go back to Greg on the autopsy table. And um, I don't know why the police and the reporter need to watch the autopsy. That didn't make any sense to me. Like, why do they need to be there to watch this? Yeah. Like, what are they going to get out of it? Like, he's he's dead. And the story that the doctor is giving the cop, or vice versa, is that he was psycho, and um, you know he had like these two different personalities. He was having and
0: seizures, and when he would have a seizure, he would do horrible things, kind of right.
1: thing. There you go. The seizure part—I forgot about that. So, um, but I heard at one point, one of the characters said. Um, and that is why the doctor wants to do an autopsy because this will reveal a little something, 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 but then that, that kind of dialogue trails off and you don't hear the end of it. And then, you know, he gets brought out on the gurney and, uh, he's still, you know, he got to the point now where his heart starts beating. Like he's got some vital signs coming back and, you know, all the students are in this, uh, amphitheater where they're watching the autopsy being done and, um, He he looks and the guy, the main surgeon guy who's doing this puts his glasses on. And now you can see that it's the same guy who was doing the ceremony at this Club 99 uh, or Club 88 or whatever it was. Um, And it's like, okay, everybody's in on it. And like the some of the club members are up in the rafters watching this autopsy and um so everybody's basically in on it and and at the last second greg um you know moves his hand like he gets feeling back in his body and he's able to start moving and they just um they grab his hand and they stab him um in an effort to show that they're starting to open up the heart with a scalpel but at the same time it was to actually finally kill him for real and then his girlfriend screams and the credits roll.
0: So, do you think she saw him move?
1: I yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's why the ending is kind of weird. Like did she did she see
0: what or did, did she, she know what was happening?
1: I don't know. Like maybe she just screamed because she didn't like she was uncomfortable with the fact that they were you know, opening up the chest of her boyfriend. Although they had said that they were going to do that, why would she be there? Yeah. So if she screamed crazily, it's like almost. Well, maybe she noticed his hand moving, or maybe when they opened him up, something <clears throat> with that that wouldn't normally happen with a cadaver. I don't. Yeah. know. That that ending part was just kind of. I think for effect more than anything.
0: Well, I mean, I think everyone who watches this is going to assume. That he's going to start moving and his friend doctor that's there, too, is going to go, wait, he's moving. Mm -hmm. And then, like, have it be like a happy ending, like, oh, you know, he got out of it. But I'm trying to think of another movie that, like, the amateur detective guy, like, doesn't ever really find out what the fuck happens and then gets killed.
1: Well, you could say sort of um, the house with laughing windows is like that a little bit. Yeah. Because the guy at the end, he discovers. But I feel like um, he
0: discovers more. Like he finds out what the fuck's happening. He just ends up at the wrong place at the wrong time kind of thing.
1: Well, I think that, you know, Greg figures out what happens when he has that last flashback. He realizes, you know, what happened and who did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there isn't anything he can do about it at this point you know he's trying to um he's trying to like you know make some sort of a, a gesture so that people will realize that he's awake and alive but at the same time it doesn't matter because they're all in on it pretty much yeah it's the end of it
0: so Like this movie left me feeling the same way like Footprints on the Moon left me feeling, you know.
1: I don't remember how that left me feeling.
0: I mean, House of the Laughing Windows not so much, but like I understand what you're saying because it is kind of similar. Um, at the end there.
1: Footprints on the Moon. The way that that one ends is she's just carted off by the two people in the spaceman outfit and then there's something there's some some text that scrolls up at the end that says that she was committed into some sort of mental it's
0: just like there's there's no real closure like you're right. you're here rooting for this person to like solve the shit and bring the people down you know right and it doesn't happen very dark
1: yeah, very un- unresolved, and so that's why, I mean, it's really an interesting film because the way that the movie is told, um, the techniques that they use for the flashbacks, and possibly, you know, this unreliable narrator on top of it, um, but, you know, just the the introduction of the gothic kind of satanic um, cult, which is kind of horror-influenced. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a certain extent uh, but it does have that giallo thing going on with the amateur detective and everything um and yeah it's so so i mean i think it's a good film it's 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 one that people always kind of refer to when they talk about giallo um when they want to say and here's a film that kind of came out at the same time and can be can be you know, put in the same category as all these others, but it's way different. Because this you came
0: know? out around the same time as Bird, right? And Bay of Blood.
1: Uh, seventy one. So. Oh,
0: so like a year later.
1: Yeah, it's been. It's, it's like you know, this was happening. This it wasn't. You know, it, the Jalo was just starting to get into um, like full speed. Let me see if I look on. Uh, the release dates. Let's see. Yeah, October of nineteen seventy-one. That's a big yeah. difference than
0: January. Yeah,
1: because if, if you think about, you know, um, how many films <laughs> those guys put out in nineteen seventy-one. By the time we got to October, um, a lot, a lot of stuff had been done. So, what um, does
0: do you know what the title
1: means? The short night of glass dolls. Yeah. Um, no, but the original title was more about the butterflies than the glass dolls. Um, Because it's...
0: I assume the glass doll bit was him always looking up at chandeliers.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought too. Okay. But yeah, where that um, name actually comes from. Uh, Is there any more... I'm wondering if... I wonder, I'm looking on IMDb to see if there's any other um, names for this film besides that one. Uh, Let's see. Yugoslavia. Also known as um, Malastrana. Um, The video title in the USA was called Paralyzed. Uh, Short Night... Of the Butterflies was the informal English title. Malastrana, I don't know what that means. Um, I don't know if that's supposed to be a name or
0: if that means something. Paralyzed makes sense, but it's not as good of a title.
1: Malastrana is a place in the Czech Republic. It's a town. Um, So maybe that's why it's called that. So um anyway, to get to the Jalo score, um <clears throat> let's see if we let's see if I have everything. We have an Italian director. <clears throat> um I didn't check off hidden identity because we kinda know what happened to her and who's kind of behind it, like halfway through, right? So
0: Yeah. yeah which- I mean the hidden identity, the best thing for that would be the doctor because that surgeon we see from the moment he comes into the morgue, but we mm. don't find out who we don't That's find true. out that he's the <clears throat> head of the stone cutters until, um, he puts on his glasses and he like makes the Wait. correlation.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I, I'll, I'll give that, uh, I'll, I'll check that one off. There's no black gloves in this. We have an amateur detective. Um, The motivation for the murder doesn't fall into any of my categories. So I have either a psychological trauma or some sort of revenge or uh, blackmail or monetary gain. It's not for any of those things.
0: Um, No, I guess not. I would say revenge against the counterculture. But that sounds stupid.
1: That's a little... You know, <laughs> like reaching, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's no such... There, there's no point in saying what happened um, at the end with the murderer. Did they avoid being captured because they were killed or something? Because they get away with it.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: uh, that's not anything. Now, the only other thing in score level 2 that I didn't check off was Italian location, which makes sense. Um. let's see there was no airplanes the title didn't have an animal, a number, a color or death although if you go by the title with the um butterflies but you can't um, there was no funeral there was no bathtub murder there was no chase scene was there a chase scene?
0: I don't remember a chase scene um, just him running from the cops but no, no
1: no dolls or dummies. No gay or lesbian characters. I didn't see a J&B bottle, did you?
0: No, I didn't see anybody drinking.
1: No. No peeping Toms. No priest. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to update this. I think I got it all. So now the new score is... Uh, dun 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 dun, dun. Uh, just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> the new score is seventy-one.
0: Oh wow! That's a jump.
1: Well, yeah, I mean because yeah. a hidden, a, the hidden identity of who's perpetrating these crimes is pretty is a pretty big thing yeah. for Jalo. So, yeah, but I, I let's see, this one was published on on Jalo score back in two thousand twelve. September 13th, 2012 was when I published this one and that's freaking 4 years ago, yeah. over 4 years ago. That's that's crazy, dude. That's actually when the page was launched. Cuz yeah, I I launched the 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 website with um with about I don't know, maybe 15 films and so they all have Th- those fifteen films all have the same date of September thirteenth. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Cool. So, any other uh, any other thoughts about this? Um, I mean, it's a good one.
0: I think the the his buddy who dies in the phone booth. Yeah. I think he was the closest thing to a comic relief character. That I can think of. He had a couple little zingers in there. But um, was he from Prague?
1: I don't know. I guess he was supposed to be native. But I loved his, like, that girl he was dating who was just in some sort of stoner trance. Oh, yeah. What
0: the fuck was that about?
1: That was really weird. And then all of a sudden she shows up at this other party where she's dancing. And she starts hitting on Greg.
0: Yeah. She's but like your the- groovy cute friend. <laughs>
1: oh my god.
0: But I didn't understand why she was hypnotized. But I guess that would be the the foreshadow that somebody at that party hypnotized her or something. I don't fucking know.
1: I just thought that she was a stoner and that was it. Like she was just Cuz he know- was all
0: squeezing her tits and shit, right?
1: Yeah, she was just she was just standing there, let them <laughs> <him> do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy.
0: Right on. Well, so yeah, I, it was good.
1: Yeah, it was a good film.
0: I Not one it. of my favorites, but definitely a good one.
1: An interesting one. one yeah, that you, you would tell people to watch if they wanted
0: to get a, you know a little bit further into things. So. This genre. Are we going to do Francesca next if we could get it? If we can,
1: yeah, if we can get uh, a copy of it without making it too hard. Um, I think there was, was there, I think there was a discussion about Francesca. I'm going to look it up here on Amazon. Um, I thought that somebody had said that the U.S. Version of this was coming out in September. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They have a Facebook page.
0: Well, while that's happening, um, do you know if we had done <clears throat> um, Iguana with the Tongue of Fire? Or a a dragonfly for each corpse.
1: We did a dragonfly for each corpse. That was the Paul Nashie. Yeah.
0: Ah, but we We didn't do,
1: we did the other one with the blue eyes of the broken doll,
0: but we didn't do iguana.
1: We did not do iguana with the tongue of fire and we didn't do, um, seven deaths. And no, not seven deaths in a cat's eye. The other cat one, what the hell is it called?
0: Um, sexy cat
1: no <laughs> uh what the hell was it called um i tell you in a second here i don't oh uh the crimes of the black cat we didn't do okay. that one uh that's another classic one and
0: the psychic
1: the psychic we never did that's right um Yeah, everything else on my list we've done. So we have to go through and uh, put a list together.
0: So as far as the Fulci, the Psychic, Murder Rock, and is that it that we haven't done? For
1: Jallo, the Psychic, Murder Rock, I think so. I think everything else Fulci is non-Jolly. If I remember correctly... And we did New York Ripper,
0: and we still have to do Argento's Jalo. Correct, which and will be an action-packed episode. Yeah, and I'm on the fence. Is that is that more Jalo than horror?
1: No, it's more horror. Definitely, it's definitely more horror than Jalo okay. um, because it's just it's from the eighties and it takes, you know, it takes its cues from what was going on at the time. Uh, it at at the heart of the story. It, it is a murder mystery, but it's, you know, I, I don't really think that when you watch phenomena, that the emphasis is really on trying to figure out who the killer is. It's more about all these other kind of interesting yeah. things that are going on. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm seeing that, um, there's a Blu-ray of Francesca on Amazon. It's thirty bucks, um, and I'm just looking to see uh, what we got here. It's language is English, so I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know enough about it, but I guess this would be the one. To get, I mean, for me, I, you know, I prefer the English dubbed in or or the English audio track as opposed to the subtitles. But yeah, this being a new movie, um, I'm sure they did a good job with trying to get the soundtrack in there the right way. Damn it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm
1: fading. <laughs> All right,
0: man. Well, Dude. then let's focus on that one. And see if we could do that next time.
1: Okay. Let's see if we can uh find a copy of it. If any of our if any of our loyal listeners um have a way of, of uh linking us up to a copy
0: That would be terrific.
1: Or ripping a um you know, ripping a D V D. Yeah, breaking the law
0: breaking the law yeah, basically. Wear your black gloves when you do it or else you'll get caught get yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> All right well then um, until next time everybody ciao ciao hey ciao ciao.